0: Alright everyone, my name is Mike Dice. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Extra Rounds Podcast. Unfortunately, my co-host Elias Cepeda is not with us today. He's a little under the weather, so I'm writing solo today. So instead of uh, a drawn-out show where I just kind of talk and rant and rave about the latest things in the UFC news world, uh, I thought we'd kind of just jump right into an interview with Legacy Fightings, um, Adam Townsend. He's coming off a huge, huge win at LFA uh, 5. On Friday night against uh, Marcus Edwards, it was a gutsy, gritty performance. It looked like the fight was going to be stopped and Townsend would be on the losing end of things. But he was able to come back and, uh, you know, get the win with just like seven seconds left in the fight or in the third round, rather. And, uh, you know, utilizing the ground pound to get the win. And he did this all with a broken rib. Very entertaining fight. His post-fight interview was very entertaining. So we're going to get him on the phone and we're just going to jump right into that. Well, joining us by phone right now is Adam Townsend, coming off a huge win, a gutsy performance, a gritty win at LFA 5 over the weekend. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us.
1: Hi, thanks for having me on, brother. I really appreciate it.
0: So, early on in the fight, there was this big head kick that landed, and a lot of people made a big deal of it. How clean did it land, and how much trouble were you actually in?
1: Well... Uh, I don't think they H. to it. I think it was that bomb left hand he hit me with afterwards. And um, if you can watch the fight, and, and uh, you know, I talked about my rib injury. I, I was at team elevation and injured my rib a week beforehand. And uh, as soon as I got out there in the fight, even when I was warming up with my coach in the back, my rib was coming out of place. I actually have a dislocated rib. The cartilage is dislocated. That's, that's what the doctor finally ended up saying uh, Monday. But, you know, the rib dislocated, so I was having to put my rib back in place as I was taking that pounding. And I finally got it back in place, and then I was able to land that big takedown. And you know, that was uh, you know pretty much the rest of the fight right there was me getting the takedowns and me me doing the ground and pound, you know, on him.
0: So, you know, your rib pops out. Does it keep popping out throughout the fight, or is once you popped it back in, was it in place?
1: Yeah, I'm going to do like a little Facebook Live thing here pretty soon, uh, maybe the next couple days, and and walk everybody through exactly what was happening. And you can blatantly tell like several several times uh now that everybody knows it like how many times my rear backs have popped out it kept doing it and kept doing it and uh you're you're a human uh my, my rib cage is a lot different uh when you look at it like you know through an x-ray and stuff like that than i thought it was in person it's all those cartilage in there it goes up to your sternum and the cartilage had pop loose and it's like cartilage slash bone that was popping loose and coming back out of place and i was having to mash it back in there to get it set back in the right position
0: is that the toughest injury you've ever had to fight through
1: most definitely, man. I've hardly ever, you know, I've had a few, a few uh, ankle injuries, a few, uh, you know, just a few smaller things in there, but this is by far the, uh, you know, I've never been in pain like that. I, I think, honestly, not talking anything bad about Marcus. He was a great competitor, but I think had my rib had not been hurting, I would have really just played some nasty ground and pound, some nasty uh and I think I would have stopped him in either, either at the end of the first or, you know, very soon in the second round.
0: So was the ground and pound Go to plan the whole time, or was that something you had to pull out because of the rib injury?
1: So the, the game plan kind of changed from hey, let's go out there because I knew he didn't have that good of wrestling. I knew his grappling wasn't that good, and that's what I was going to use against him. But like I said, when you know when it, when I started hurting, I was like, well, I'm going to have to sit up and strike with this guy. And Then after I got him on the ground and I saw that his wrestling wasn't the, wasn't good, then I knew that that my wrestling would be super effective, and even with hurt ribs, that it would be a lot better than his and. You know, as you could tell through the fight, it really was. And, uh, you know, I just had to make do with what I could. It was, uh, you know, never been hurt like that in a fight. And, uh, you know, I I was able to get through it.
0: So, after the fight, you gave out your number. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What are some of the weirdest things that happened After that, text messages, phone calls, whatever. Did did people blow you up? Yeah,
1: I got back to it. It took me me about, I'd say, 20 minutes to get back to my phone after I won and took pictures and, you know, got congratulated and missed that and third And and before I looked at my phone, I was just kind of, you know, chilling and and, uh, everything. I looked at my phone, and I normally have tons of text messages and phone calls and, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. After I fought, it it really wasn't a common thing. And I looked down, and I had, like, 159 missed phone calls. I was like... Well, that's pretty strange, you know what I'm saying? So, and then I looked through my text messages, and I had about a hundred and something, but like I said, that's only pretty normal for me to have that many after I went. And, uh, and, uh, it was just really funny when, you know, I got through that reading some of them, and all the text messages were super cool. People was like, hey, man, I'm a big fan, you're a warrior, you know, just stuff like that. There wasn't very many, uh, really creepy ones. There's a couple saying, like, Marcus, whooped your ass, and you know it, and just like things like that, but, Every other one was really, really, really cool. I mean, people was being really uh, uh, motivational and just, you know, let me know that they're fans now because of the last fight and the last survived and, uh, you know, how I come back and got the finish and everything like that.
0: Was that something you just kind of did in the spur of the moment or was that something you had kind of thought about doing before the fight?
1: No, it was all spur of the moment. I, I had a, you know, I, I think everybody does that. It seems like they do anyway. Just goes out there and has like a a, a victory speech in their head already. My victory speeches. Just a shout out Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard and Dana White. You know, let them say, hey, you know, it's it just, it's, you know, let them know, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm 17 and four. I've won 11 out of my last 12 fights. I've never been finished. I've only lost split decisions. You know, let them know all those things. And then, you know, like, hey, call me. And then, like, in the middle of, hey, call me. I was like, uh, you know, you just kind of put my number out there. So it was like I said, it wasn't really like a. That that was the only part that was improvised was the phone number thing. And, and I don't regret doing it, really. It didn't really cause me any trouble. So I think it was still a good thing. it got a lot of attention as well.
0: Now, the most important question, though, is did Sean Shelby or McMaynard call you yet?
1: They haven't. I talked to Nick Maynard. He didn't call me, but I've talked to Mick, and I've uh, talked to Sean, and I'm just kind of waiting on to hear what, what the deal is, so. I don't know, man. I just don't see. I, I know they got a full roster. I know there's some of the guys that want in and need in, but I don't feel there's anybody any more deserving than I am to get in or get in my next shot. I mean, I I put the work in. My record speaks for itself. Uh, my fan base. My personality. You know, I I just don't see. You know, what more they could want out of me um, to do before I get there. They're taking guys all the time that have way shittier records, that have way less fan bases, that are worse you know and, and my, in my opinion a, a really a lot worse fighters that are just getting in because of who you know and who you blow and uh you know I, like i said I, I keep saying i just don't see how they can deny me after that performance and uh and this with my record and the way it is
0: now you uh before we were talking you said you you didn't ha- uh that you don't have a manager that you kind of handle everything yourself right. is that how you've always been right. are you just a business savvy guy
1: yeah um I feel like I'm business savvy. I feel like that I've done, you know, I, I, when I was on a local circuit, you know, I was, uh, I sold more tickets than anybody uh, has. I sold more t shirts than, it, you know, when I placed a, uh, a shirt order, you know, you you, you, you always hear guys saying they could sell 100, 200 t shirts. And, uh, you know, you can ask the guy that does the shirts for me, you know, he always hears people saying that thing, but he don't ever order that many for anybody other than myself. Um, I've got a good fan base, now. I live in a small community. These people around here support the hell out of me. I couldn't be more blessed with the fan base that I have and, and the support that I get in my small community. Uh, it, it's, it's truly really a blessing and it really is. And, and I appreciate everyone from that get-go. And, uh, you know, I've just done this for so long and I'm not going to sit here and stop and I had help. I've had, uh, you know, local matchmakers get me good fights. I've had, uh, RFA get me good fights and give me opportunities to display my skills as the, uh, you know, on some of the biggest cards that the RFA and the LFA's had now, you know, main events for them slice, and co-main event warrants and feature battle on another spot. So they took and gave care of me too. I'm not sitting here acting like I, it's, uh, it's on me, but at the end of the day, I'm the one that's, that's selling the tickets. I'm the one that's getting out there and promoting myself. And I'm the one that's, you know, getting in the ring and whooping ass when it comes, you know, time to do so. So I feel like I've done 99% of it by myself.
0: Now you, uh, you mentioned you calling out Sean Shelby and McMaynard. Is is it UFC or yeah. bust for you? Do, or, you know, if Bellator and Scott Coker call, is that something you consider too? Uh,
1: you know, if they also made me a good offer, I'd consider it. If they're, they're talking UFC money or more, I would do it. But, you know, uh, I, I, I think I deserve, deserve to be in the greatest organization uh, in the world in MMA, just like when I went to China and fought, um, I was kind of over the UFC because kind of, you know, they was kind of pushing stage north cut and certain things like that that kind of aggravated me because there's just so many guys that get these opportunities, like I was saying earlier, that I truly feel don't deserve it. That I truly feel that got the opportunity because of their coach, the gym they was at, or some bullshit like that. And I'm up here, you know, winning all these fights, doing all these things and making a name for myself uh, off of my own skill and my own talent. And I'm not getting what's probably deserved for mine. Not like I said, it's not that I really don't want to go a belt for, but I think I deserve to be in the UFC. And,
0: and you had mentioned that you had talked to Mick. Was it? Was it? Are things optimistic? I know you can't give away too much, but are things seem like they're going to head the right way.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, you no, know, we talked, and you know, he, the thing with Mick is now is, uh, you know, I've kind of, you know, been messing with him back and forth for a while now. But the thing with Mick is he don't handle my weight class, so I don't know how much pull he has. Um, in the other way classes with Sean, I don't I don't know exactly what I'll let Nick do right now. You know, he's just been in there for, you know, since really since January, honestly. So, you know, he's not even been in there two full months yet, hardly. So, uh, um yeah, I'm just waiting on, you know, waiting on that to happen, really. I, I just got to talk to Sean. The thing about Sean, too, is he never really gave me a lot of time the day before when I was trying to make a push for 145 UFC back when Joe Silva was there. Joe Silva emailed me, you know, within within an hour of me emailing him. He invited me to the Ultimate Fighter and picked me for the Ultimate Fighter when the McGregor and the uh, uh, paper season was going on. And I made the show, and then uh, I don't know if you know that story or not, but it's a long story about how basically they sent a bunch of guys home that wasn't going to be on the show, and then those two other guys that already got sent home and didn't even do all the stuff that they were supposed to do was back on the show, and I was sitting at the house. Uh, so like I said It's another one Who you know And who you blow job of things uh, And you know I, I think they really Missed out uh, from Not putting me On ultimate fighter But um, You know Like I said I've, I've, I've had a hard road With UFC man I'm still trying To make that push To get there So I guess We can only time To tell And see what happens I,
0: I didn't know That story That's really Fascinating to hear That you were Booked to be on the show And then it Ultimately didn't Come to fruition You were Kind of Sounds like The last guy Left out
1: yeah, I, me and uh, actually the uh, another there was two other people that kind of got the same shit that I did, and one of them was uh, uh, Hurricane uh, Jose. I think his name. No, Sean, uh, Shane Burgos. He's from like up in Philadelphia, in New York area, I guess. And I talked to him a lot on Twitter and stuff, and he seemed like a cool guy. And uh, uh, he had the same situation happen that I did. And they called him and told him that he was gonna be a, he was gonna be an alternate, you know, like a uh, a week out from you know flying out there. So it was just a you know. It, it was a bad deal, man. It really, it really kind of pissed me off for a while. And like I said, that's when I kind of was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go fight overseas and do that type of thing." And then, uh, you know, after I beat junior over there, I was like, "Man, I was like, I, I belong in UFC. I, I, I belong there." And I wanna, I want The reason I started doing MMA is because of the UFC. Like, I, I you know, I was one of them guys that sit at home, watch it on the TV. Me and my friends would put on gloves and grapple after we watched the UFC events, drunk as hell. And that's what got me into the UFC. I loved it, and I always knew that I could compete with those guys, and I'm still trying to prove that I can. And and I know I can. I'm just waiting on my opportunity to do so.
0: So, did they ever give you like an exact reason why they ultimately didn't go with you for the show?
1: No, no. Uh, I even I was even kind of close with one of the producers, and he was texting me all the time, and even like texting me after I fought after that, and like, hey man, good fight, blah blah blah. Your calls coming, blah blah blah. But you know, uh. Like I said, I mean, I, I know the reason. I think that was, you know, I, I can't see any other reason other than I talked to uh, one of the coaches, um, some MMA lab, well, uh, John, uh, John Crouch. Talked to him and it was two of his guys. Uh, like I said, they got sent home. That Chris, get, Chris did. They got sent home early so they wouldn't taking nobody off the loss because he was 12 and one. But his last fight was a loss. They said they wouldn't taking nobody off a off the loss. They sent him home that home on that Monday. I stayed out there for five more days doing medicals, uh, interviews and all this shit. And then, when, uh, like I said, then when I watched the show, you know, come on, there he is out there on the show and I'm sitting at the house. So, now I think that was more or less to do than anything.
0: It seems like, uh, connecting with Shelby's kind of been the hurdle for you have you, met yeah, him in the yeah. past? have you met him in the past is there like a history or a story there or is it just one of those things where you can't connect
1: uh you know i, I talked to him when i was a fighter he seemed okay i think i spoke to him uh at a ufc event in nashville uh joe come up with him and joe both co- well joe approached me i was sitting front row my lawyer got me some front row tickets and uh i was sitting up there with him and and joe come right up to me and sean was beside of him and, and uh spoke with him and and uh, he was like, hey, I saw, you know, he asked me about my fight. And, you know, I was I think I was about to main event that uh, fight for uh, the RFA out in uh, California. And I think I talked to both of them there. And, and Sean, like I said, he never really, like, gave me a lot of, uh, you know, gave me a lot of his time or whatever. But Joe was always super cool. So, you know, when I heard Joe was leaving, I'm like, damn, like you know maybe it's just sean you know just you know has a lot of other stuff on his mind and does a lot of different things and meets a lot of other fighters and you know every time Dick and harry fighter wants in the ufc and you know of course him, but they don't have the accolades that i do either so i don't understand it we'll see though
0: well i wanted to talk about your team you uh you kind of mentioned them earlier um you said that you're at team elevation maybe you could kind of tell us a little bit about yeah. your coaches training partners how long you've been there what you like about it
1: uh, I started at a gym called uh, TOT, and uh, the coach—he was just a very uh, basic jiu-jitsu guy, uh, probably a blue belt maybe—and um, started there. And kind of started branching off with other guys on the team that would, uh, you know, give me some good insight and things like that. And um, ended up meeting one of the, my coaches now named Dustin Walden. He was referee in my first fight, and uh, he offered me some striking uh help after afterwards and i was like yeah man i'd love i need a strike coach because i had eight amateur fights i was eight no and won my first profile and I had no idea how to strike whatsoever and uh so basically i waited till my second profile before i got a striking coach and i've been with him ever since you know he offered some help and when i went over to their gym i thought it was just gonna be a striking gym and it was an actually it was an actual mma gym you know we worked on wrestling worked on jiu-jitsu worked on striking and and i everybody over there was pro at the time and badasses and uh we had a great group of guys and started over there as a pro, and I've been there ever since, man. Our team's kind of it's kind of dwindled down to uh, so now we just got a bunch of amateurs. All the pros have kind of uh, got beat and kind of quit. And just you know, I'm pretty much the only one that's still doing it, other than me and my coach. You know, everybody. This is such a rough sport, and I understand that. Just like my coach now, my coach uh, he don't even have his own gym. We don't even have our own gym no more. My other buddy opened up a gym. Uh, Dustin long and now he is you know he's a seven seven and two or seven and three as a pro, and kind of me and him running the gym now and my coach Dustin comes over to uh hold mitts for me and just you know kind of watch me throughout the week when he can but he's in real estate now my other coach caleb he uh he he's got his own business now doing his own thing and then my coach uh tasey is my jiu-jitsu coach, and I go over there twice a week so it's been this camp was really really hard for me because I had to do so much on my own. Well, at the same time, it let me know, hey, I can still do these things. He'll be from here and still compete at the same time.
0: Wow, that's, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. So, at this point in your uh, career, no matter what fight you sign next, do you have half your mind on being ready to drop it and do everything if the UFC calls? It seems like so many people, when they finally make that jump, it's like a last-minute replacement. <laughs> Is it just kind of a staying ready for when that call comes?
1: I mean, I, I do think that if I, when I get the shot, it's going to be a last-minute call. I don't, you know, I don't see them signing me and giving me an eight-week camp by any means. Uh, I think it'll be a short-notice fight, and, um, you know, I keep saying that UFC national card, I don't, I'll, I'm the biggest fighter in Tennessee, I, I would sell more tickets and put more asses in the seats than anybody there. Of course, the UFC don't care about that, really, you know, I mean, you got to look at it, and I, I understand the business side of things. I promoted a show, two, two shows, so I understand how everything works, and Especially with the UFC, it's uh, you know on a much grander scale than anything I've done. But at the same time, uh, you know it's, it's like this: it's like okay, they might put five, eight thousand people. In. They might put eight thousand people in that place. Uh, probably not that many, but probably maybe they might put eight thousand people in that place. So, do they really care about an extra three or four hundred tickets? Do they care if it's eighty-four hundred or eighty-three hundred compared to eight thousand? Probably not, because most of their money is coming from sponsorships and TVs and and and, and all that stuff anyway. Uh, so I understand that aspect of it, and that's why they don't really care who they get or who they put on the card or if they got to fly somebody out or whatever. But it really do not make that much difference in the money to them. But, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, it would be awesome to, to have my first fight in UFC Nashville.
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time out to talk to us. Best of luck to you.
1: Hey, thank you very much, brother. I really appreciate the time, man.
0: Hey, no problem. Hopefully when you sign with the UFC, we can have you back on.
1: Damn yeah, right, brother. I appreciate it.